0: Welcome to Prayer Stone Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you, and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. Well, what a year 2020 has been. This has been a crazy year, like, unlike any other year I can remember in, in recent times, where, I mean, look at just all that's happened so far. And uh, for people who are prophetic and listening for what God's saying, I've heard even many of my friends say, gosh, we didn't see this coming in this way. And in some ways, it's a humbling experience to just observe and go, wow, we didn't really see 2020 uh, uh, being like this. I mean, one of the words that was definitely going around, lots of people were using this, even in the secular arena, is that 2020 was going to be a of 2020 vision. God's going to bring clarity and God's going to open our eyes. And and there was even the word about the year of the decade in the Hebrew calendar, you know, uh, the, the, the decade is that which represents the mouth and the voice and decrees and declaration. And I was one of those that released that word as well. And I really still believe that those words are very relevant for this time. However, I guess we're all shocked by the scale of what's happened, the impact globally of uh, the shakings with coronavirus and now what's going on with, you know, the race riots and the exposure of racism in different parts of the world. It's just a shaking going on. And at this time, it's so important that we're asking the Lord, what are you doing, Father? Lord, what are you saying in the midst of all this? It's important that we're seeing things from heaven's perspective. Because I'm telling you, heaven's perspective is very different to BBC News and Fox News and CNN's perspective. And I'm more concerned about heaven's perspective and responding rightly. You know, the Lord says, Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. So there are times where God could be allowing things to happen. In fact, there are times where God could be doing things, and there's the opportunity for us to be offended or not be offended. And I think that's dependent on our perspective or seeing things from heaven's perspective. I'm not trying to say God sends coronavirus, but I'm gonna expand on some of this in a few moments. I believe God's using this season to expose, to shake things in the church because of what he's about to do, which is because of many of the prayers we have been praying. So this is not the time for us to get hard-hearted and get offended at God or just listen to the news and not listen to heaven's headlines. Heaven has headlines for the United Kingdom. Heaven has headlines for the United States. Heaven has headlines for the continent and the nations of the earth right now. And I'm more concerned about tuning into those headlines and hearing what heaven is saying, as opposed to all the opinions right now. I mean, everyone's got an opinion right now. Just go on Facebook. everyone is just blasting out their own opinions and their own words out there. And I mean, there's truth here. There's deception here. There's misunderstandings here. And I don't want to get caught up in all of that. I don't know about you. I just want to be in line in alignment with what God is doing in this season. As we came into 2020, one of the words that the Lord was stirring on my heart for this season was that God was transitioning us to a kingdom age where we begin to focus more on the bigger picture of what he's doing as opposed to building our own empires. And I guess I'm speaking as a Christian leader, as one who is in ministry. And so this also applies to people in business or any other sphere of influence that God's called you to. It's not just people in ministry. God is calling us to not just be focused on building our own empires, but actually connect with the bigger picture of his kingdom. And the Lord gave me this picture about uh, just trying to obtain planning permission to build on a property anywhere. For example, if you want to build on a property, say you own a land and you want to build on that land, you need to obtain planning permission from whoever is in charge in that region, the local government, the local council. And you can't just, you cannot just start to build on that property, even though the land may be yours, without obtaining planning permission. Because even if that building is the nicest, most expensive building in the area, as long as you don't have planning permission, the local government has the authority to come and tear that building down. And God has a vision of what he wants to do in our nation and in the nations of the earth. See, it's kind of like the local government. They already have a vision of how they want the area to look, the kind of buildings they want to be built in certain regions. And they have that plan in mind when they consider your submission for your building to be approved. Because they have... A bigger picture in mind, they approve that building based on what their plans for that region is. In the same way, God has plans for Manchester, God has plans for the United Kingdom, He has plans for the nations of the earth. And when we start to build without obtaining planning permission from Him, even though we could end up building nice ministries and great businesses and things that look good with the human eye, from heaven's perspective, we are trespassing and we've not obtained planning permission. Permission. So guess what? He's going to come and start to knock those things down. And that was one of the words I had for 2020. That in this year, God is going to begin to shake things and begin to knock buildings down that he did not give planning permission for. And I'm like, God, I want to have my heart, my ministry, everything I'm doing to be in alignment with your order. So the word I'm about to share with you, I believe, is just the word that calls us to check our hearts align ourselves with God's bigger picture in this season don't just get caught up in arguments on Facebook and social media but let's have our hearts humble to listen to what the Spirit is saying doesn't the Bible says he who has ears Jesus says he who has ears let him hear let her hear what the Spirit is is saying to the church. And the Lord is speaking to the church right now. Now, before I read this passage, I just want to point your attention to this. This is a word for the Christians. This is a word for believers. If you call yourself a believer, you surrender your life to Jesus. He's not just your savior, but he is your Lord. This is a word for you. Because when God looks at this city, or the city you're in, or God looks at this nation, or the nation you're in, his first point of call is the church. He's not looking at the world. Now, yes, God is concerned about the sin in the world and all the darkness because the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to every people. Yes, God is a God of justice and righteousness. He is concerned about that. However, his agent of transformation in the earth is you and I, the people of God, the church. So God's first point of call is his people. And the scripture in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 summarizes this. It's a famous scripture. If my people who are called by my name, this is what the Lord says. God says, if, me, if my people, that's us, who are called by his name, if, if we would humble ourselves. See, that's a key word in this season, humility. Humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. And then listen to the last part of this. It says, and turn, from our own wicked ways. he says then will he hear from heaven so for for there to be shifting and healing in fact I didn't finish scripture he will hear from heaven and you forgive our sins and then he will heal the land for there to be a healing of the land and transformation in our communities in society God is looking at us the church to turn from our own wicked ways you're like what? yes God, wants us to turn in repentance in humility, asking him to change our hearts. A lot of the things we see going on in society that's been exposed right now, God is actually wanting to deal with it in the church. Because I believe if the church will be rightly aligned with the Lord in this season, we can be a powerful voice of transformation in our culture. So I want to read to you this passage uh, that Again, over the last few weeks, maybe months, actually, this has been a passage that the Lord has really been speaking to me about what he's doing in this season. And this is when David was going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And just the process he went through. I feel like God is saying, this is a prophetic picture that shows you where you are as my people in my timeline. You know, when you go to the shopping mall and you look at the map and it says you're here, in the same way, we need to know where we are in God's prophetic timeline. And when I read this, I see some, uh, some pictures that just show us where we are and what God's doing in this season. So here we go. 2 Samuel 6 verse 1 it says, And David gathered all the choice men of Israel, thirty thousand, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, who was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harp, on string instruments, on tambourine, on sistrum, and on cymbal. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord aroused against Uzzah, And God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the Ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Amen. Now, the passage goes on to uh, tell us uh, that David decided to have the Ark of God taken to someone else's house, a guy called Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom had the Ark in his house for three months. And then it says, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom's household. David heard about it and he was like, wow, the Lord's blessed his household. So David decided to bring the ark back the right way. And uh, that, that's kind of where the story kind of ends. And there's more to it than that. But the part I want to focus on, we've already uh, just gone through that. Uh, just to give you a bit of a backstory to this, the Ark of the Covenant is like the single and most important piece of furniture in the whole in the whole of the Old Testament in terms of just what it represents in terms of the presence of God. There's a lot of instructions about the building of it, how it's meant to be carried, and all these things that surround this box, which represents the presence of God. And the nation of Israel, value the ark so much i mean let me just give you an example of how much they value the ark the ark was eventually captured in battle and when the news came to eli that the ark was captured eli fell off and broke his neck and died now mind you the same person bringing that news said to eli your two sons have just died they told him his two sons died no reaction when they told him the ark has been captured he fell off and broke his neck Next, next thing, uh, one of the two sons' wife, she heard her husband had died, nothing happened, she heard the ark has been captured. She went straight into labor. She gave birth to a son, and she didn't even name the son after the husband that died. You know what she named the son? Ichabod, the glory has departed. That's how much these guys reverence and honored and respected the ark. So it's a big deal that David is deciding to bring the ark back. Well, why is David bringing the ark back? Because the ark was captured. I made reference to that earlier. The nation of Israel are going into battle against the Philistines. And they were losing this battle because the Philistines were stronger and winning in this battle. So the nation of Israel decided, well, let's bring the ark in because the ark is going to help us win this battle. So they brought the ark in. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, they carried the ark. They brought it in and there was a loud shout. There was celebration. The Philistines got scared. They're like, oh, my goodness, what's this celebration going on in the, in the Israelites camp? However, the nation of Israel thought they were going to win because the ark came in and the Philistines got scaled. However, the Philistines strengthened themselves and said, you know what, let's just fight like men. And so they fought. And to their surprise and the Hebrews' surprise, the Philistines won that battle and captured the ark. And so they had the ark. And because the ark was not meant to be with them, God starts to release judgment against the Philistines. So all kinds of weird things. Things start to happen and then they worked out oh my goodness this judgment is happening because we have the ark okay they said let's return the ark back to the Hebrews so they kind of came up with a way of returning the ark back and they put the ark on a cart and sent it back to the nation of Israel so the nation of Israel now received the ark back and their celebration they were glad they'd received the ark back now David choosing to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. This, this story we've just read is about 20 years from when the ark was originally returned to the nation of Israel. There's a few things here I feel is just giving me anyway, some insights, and I hope it does help you to see some of the things going on in the body of Christ right now, what God is exposing. You see, the, Israel, uh, the, the, the Philistines did not know better. I mean, they did not have the laws of God. They did not know anything about the Ark of the Covenant and how it was meant to be carried. So when they returned the Ark, all they needed to do was to return the Ark on a cart. However, the Ark was carried into battle on shoulders. So the ark is always supposed to be on the shoulders, no on a cart. Okay. So they return the ark on a cart. 20 years, the ark is in this location. And then David decides to now bring the ark back to Jerusalem. So it says here, the sons of Abinadab, they drove the new cart. So for some reason, when they decided to return the ark, David and his men, uh, and maybe uh, uh, the sons of uh, Abinadab decided they were going to get a new cart. Now, the whole idea of a cart, where did they get that idea from? Well, they did not get the idea from the Lord because that was not God's order. That was not God's system. That was not God's way of carrying the ark. They got that idea from the Philistines. So they were copying what the world was doing to bring in the presence of God. Now, you will think that because they were using the wrong system and the wrong order, that the Lord would get really angry and the Lord would do something right there and then. As we read the passage, you can see clearly that even though the ark was on a cart, there was lots of, there was, there was lots of music and there was celebration going on, and God did not interrupt their celebration. God did not interrupt the, the worship service that was going on. And so, they probably thought everything was okay because God said nothing. That reminds me of something that I see often in the church today, We think because things seem to be going okay, because our meetings seem to be getting bigger, because we're worshiping, because we're releasing amazing worship music, We think everything is okay because we're looking at external factors to judge spiritual realities. We're not seeing things from heaven's perspective. The fact that things seem okay in the natural does not mean things are actually okay from God's perspective. So this is the time where God is wanting to help us to see that things are really not okay. The worship service being amazing. Even people being healed does not mean everything is following God's order. I often like to say it this way. (laughs) The anointing of God on the life of an individual is not always a sign of his approval of their behavior. You might want to ask Samson about that because Samson had the anointing of God on his life while he lived in compromise. And things were happening because of the anointing And he probably thought, well, is going okay. The fact that things are happening out here means I'm doing okay. We cannot use external things to judge where things really are at spiritually. And this is where the church needs to wake up. And I believe God is allowing all these things happening in 2020 to wake up the church. We're reaching this moment of transition because of the prayers we've been praying. We want more of the glory of God. We want more revival. We want thousands, millions. We talk about the billion-soul harvest. We're crying out for revival. And God wants to release these moves of his spirit more than we even are desiring it. But God is not just going to release it because we prayed it. God wants to prepare us for it. Now we come to this verse here, where everything shifts. And this is in verse 6 of this chapter. It says, when they came to Nacon's threshing floor... Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God, took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. It's at this point that things shift. This is the point where everything changes. Because everything was going okay, the celebration was going fine, until they reached the threshing floor. And I really believe at this point, God has brought the church to the threshing floor. The threshing floor is where God begins to shake the old structures. The threshing floor is where God begins to expose the wrong order. The threshing floor is the place of separation. Actually, it's a place where the wheat is separated from the chaff. The threshing floor is where God begins to expose things for what they really are. Because David really wanted God, he had to go through the threshing floor, to have the more of God he was desiring in the nation. And because we're crying out for the glory of God as the church, because we've been praying, God pour out your spirit, because God wants to do that, he's allowing the church to come to the threshing floor. And at the threshing floor, he's allowing coronavirus to expose the wrong structures that we have embraced at the church. And by the way, when I say he's exposing structures, I don't mean he's trying to get the church to move from, you know, meeting a physical building meeting online, and that is the new structure. No, these are structures of the heart. These are the ways in which we serve God. Why do we worship the way we worship? Why do we want the church to grow? Why do you want the business to grow? Is it because you want to prove to your friend down the road that you're success? Why do you want the church to be successful? Is it so that you can look better than the church down the road? Why do you want so many souls in the church? You see, all these things are hidden desires and motives that sometimes you don't even know are there and god wants to expose those hidden areas of the heart that you are not even aware of because if he doesn't deal with it the very glory you're crying out for is going to destroy you the very thing you're saying god i want you to do more of this god is like yes i do want to do more of that i do love you son i do love you daughter i do love you church." But I can't trust you just yet until I vet you. And I believe the threshing floor is a place where he's vetting the church. The dimensions of the glory of God, he's not going to release upon us until he's tested us and seen that we have the right structures to handle the weight of what he wants to release. See, we use this concept often as well about the new wine and the old wine scheme. We want the new wine. And God wants to release the new wine, but we have the old wine skin, the old structures. See, the cart represents the old wine skin. It represents the structures. And I'm not, again, I'm not just talking about the systems of how we do things in terms of, oh yeah, we need to get more, you know, techy and we need to get more savvy and ha- all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about just the outward manifestations of ministry and activity. I'm talking about what's going on in our hearts as we serve God, as we seem to, As everything on the outside seems to look like it's okay, God is actually looking at the state of our hearts. And there's some things he will not entrust us with because at this time, he's bringing us to the place of shaking, the threshing floor. Now, when they go to the threshing floor, it says the oxen stumbled. And that's a sign of God's shaking right now. Coronavirus, I don't believe was sent of God but God is allowing coronavirus to shake the church. He's shaking people. People are now in a place where they're at home, they're on their own, they're having to face their spiritual depravity. They're having to face the reality of what's going on in here because prior to this season, they were so busy with all the lights and all the smoke and all the busyness, they were not able to confront the reality of their depravity and God is allowing this season to expose where we really are at. So God is bringing the church to the threshing floor through some of these crazy things going on right now. The race riots and racism, the exposure of this in the church right now. God is wanting to deal with heart issues. See, we want God to release his glory. Why would he release greater dimensions of revival in a church that has all these hidden things in their hearts but didn't even know was there? And now God is just exposing it, showing, shining his light on it. And we have an opportunity at this point to respond to God. Or we can be offended like David was. David got angry. And you know, God judged Uzzah. Do you know the name Uzzah? Do you know what that means? The name Uzzah means strength. God judged the strength of man. Actually, you can also say it this way. God is judging the flesh in this season. God is exposing and judging the activity of man that tries to help God. Because that's what Wizard was trying to do. He was trying to help God. And what did God say? He said, it's not by power. It's not by your might. It's not by your strength. It is by my spirit. So I'm bringing you to a place where you're going to realize you have no power of your own. I'm bringing you to a place where you're gonna realize you cannot do this on your own. Where you're gonna be utterly dependent on me and realize your vulnerabilities, realize your weakness, realize your own prejudice, realize your racism, realize your spiritual depravity because that's what's going to draw you to me, and I can do a deep work in you so that you can carry more of me. See, God already knows what's in you, but you don't know what's in you. So, this season, this season, He's revealing to you what was in you that you didn't know was in you, but He knew was in you, but it has to be exposed so that He can take it out of you and so that He can put something different in you because this next season we're stepping into is critical for the sake of the movement of God in the earth that's why it says judgment begins in the house of God the judgment begins with me this is why I pray prayers like this often I want to encourage you to pray this kind of prayers Lord shock me now What is it hidden in my heart? Shock me now by exposure. Shock me now. Don't shock me on the day of judgment. Don't shock me when it's too late. I wanna know now where my heart is out of order. I wanna have the right order in place. See, the glory of God follows order. We're not going to have greater dimension of the glory without having the order of God. Just read through the Bible. The temple, there were specific measurements, there were specific ways things had to be built before God's glory now came and rested on there. In the same way, church, we will not have the dimension of the glory we want until we begin to embrace the order of God. And the thing is, the order of God is not often visible to the naked eye. It's conditions of the heart is exposing at this time. And I want to say to you, church, don't waste this season by just going on Facebook and criticizing everybody else, pointing the finger at everybody else, without realizing the one finger you're pointing at that person, the other fingers are pointing back at you. It's time to deal with what's in here. Your spiritual depravity, your prejudices, whatever it is that's in there, you don't even know it's there. Saying, God, I am coming to the threshing floor, and I want you to begin to expose You see, this is a good prayer to pray. However, it's a painful prayer to experience. Lord, shake everything that needs to be shaken. Shake everything that can be shaken. If you're feeling the shaking right now, that's a good sign. God is working in you. Don't run away from the shaking. Say, Lord, shake it. I don't want to be offended at you right now. I want to come to a place of humility, dependence on you. Lord, judge the activities of the flesh that's trying to help you Trying to stable your presence on the old structure. Lord, get rid of that structure right now. I don't want that structure anymore. I want your order. That's what the Lord is doing in this season. And David eventually realized that. You know how he did realize that? After the ark was taken to the, to the house of Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom had the ark in his house for three months. And uh, the news got to David that God had blessed Obed-Edom's house. And all of a sudden, David had a change of heart. He realized, gosh, the system he was bringing in the ark was the wrong system. He went to inquire of the Lord. See, this is what we need to do in this season. We need to go back to inquire of the Lord. It was in the place of inquiring of the Lord that God then showed him that he had the wrong order, the wrong system. So the second time he decided to bring the ark back, this time around, the ark was not on the cart the ark was now resting on shoulders, which was God's prescribed pattern. Why is it important the ark rests on shoulders? Remember what it says in Isaiah, that the government will be upon his shoulders. I believe the government of God is released from the shoulders of believers that bear the weight of the ark. And when it's on the cart, it's easy because you don't have to bear much responsibility. You just drive the cart. You, you determine the pace of the movement of the cart. But when the Ark is resting on your shoulders, the weight of the Ark determines your pace. And it also means you feel the pain of it. It means you feel the burden of it. It means you take on your personal responsibility. So this is not a time to put all the responsibility on the pastor, the man of power for the hour, on the leader, on this apostle over here, on this prophet over here. This is the time for you, believer, to take on your spiritual responsibility. As you inquire of the Lord, he's going to begin to show you the wrong structures that you've embraced. And it's going to take you to that threshing floor. Listen, the threshing floor is not a fun place. It's not easy when God is exposing the works of the flesh. Romans 12 says, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, we have to remain on the altar. The fact that we're a living sacrifice means there are times where, you know, you kill the flesh and it tries to come back again. So you stay on the altar even when it gets hot and you wanna get off. (laughs) The threshing floor is right there. And the Lord is like, I wanna deal with this in your heart. I want to deal with your perception of what it means to be successful. I want to deal with your insecurities where you've placed your identity in ministry or you've placed your identity in, uh, in business or you place your identity in all these other activities. I am challenging that to the core because your identity needs to be in me. And this season is exposing those insecurities. I don't know about you, but there has been a lot of insecurities being exposed in this season because God is wanting the right order. I wanna end with this uh, 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 bit where Obed-Edom took the presence of God into his home. This, I believe, is part of the process where we begin to have God reorder our hearts. Obed-Edom hosted the presence of God in his home. As God brings us to the threshing floor and he begins to expose things, we need to remain at that threshing floor And we need to do that by exposing our hearts to his presence. See, this is what Obed-Edom did. He stayed in the presence until the presence began to change everything around him. Everything in his world began to change because of the presence of God he was hosting in his life. And in this season, I believe God wants us to host his presence. You know the amazing thing? I mean, this is just a side benefit of hosting his presence because I know some people watching right now, you're like, well, yeah, I know God wants to deal with issues of my heart, but I'm struggling with finances. I'm struggling with this lack here. I'm struggling with all these issues over here. Listen to what happened to Obed-Edom when he hosted the presence of God in his house. Other people observed Obed-Edom's life and they could see that some unusual things were happening to him. And those things happening to Obed-Edom were so unusual The only way to explain it was because he hosted the presence. Listen, God wants to do some things in your life in this season that your budgeting will not be able to explain. Your gifting, no one looking at you will be able to explain it from just the angle of, oh yeah, she's gifted, that's why that happened. The only way it would be explained what has happened to you is the fact that you've hosted the presence of God. In other words, there were things that happened in Obed-Edom's life that were beyond anything natural. That is what happens when we embrace the dealings of God and we host his presence. You see, there is a secondary consequence of that. All the things begins to fall into place. The lack. See, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in lack. Because I am with the shepherd. I am in his presence, not just like an intellectual thing. I'm living this out. There becomes a secondary consequence of my needs being met. I believe for many people watching this right now, the answer to the anxiety. The answer to the lack is found in the presence of God. However, maybe you've been scared of going into the presence because of the insecurities that have been exposed in this season. You find that you're struggling to engage with God. You find that you're struggling with jealousy. You're struggling with envy. You're struggling with all these emotions. You're even struggling with prejudice and racism and you can tell it's there, well, I tell you the best place to go right now, it is the presence of God. Because that's where he begins to deal with those issues. And the amazing thing is, he doesn't just deal with those issues, he also brings about other blessings that you sometimes are not even going after. You see, you when you seek the face of God, you can't miss his mouth. It's like when you seek one direction of God, other things start to impact you that you probably never even set out to seek. That's why it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So it's like a double-edged sword here. God is wanting to deal with our hearts, the structures of our hearts at the threshing floor, but he also wants to bless our lives in this season. However, we need to embrace the painful place of admitting envy, admitting racism, admitting spiritual depravity, admitting boredom, admitting the fact that, Lord, it seems like I don't even have any relationship with you in this season because my heart is so dead right now. Being real with God is one of the best things you can do in this season. Not trying to cover up with trying to just get angry at that person over there or why did they post that on Facebook and why did they say that? Forget about everybody else right now. God is dealing with you. How about you respond to that and say, Lord, deal with every area of my heart that needs to be dealt with in this season because this is where I'm going and I round up with this. We want his glory in a greater measure. I don't know about you. I have experienced God in a certain way or in different dimensions over the years, but I want more of him. And I know he's trying to call me to admit areas of my life where he's dealing with my heart so that I can have the more of him I'm actually crying out for. Because, listen, he's not going to entrust that into the current state of your heart. The, the, all, the, all the stuff in your heart that's just, that's there, the Lord sees it all. He's not gonna entrust certain things you really want in that place. It's a season where it's, it's like the refining fire. He's wanting to just expose all those, all the junk, and bring it up to the surface, so that he can remove it. So it's a really encouraging season. I know it may feel like a challenge. It's the mercy of God to allow us to go through this season. And if we'll see this rightly, we're gonna come out on the other side. Completely different people. See, after this is all done, coronavirus, you know, the racism thing, after all the exposure and the media focus on it has kind of gone down a bit, everything is never gonna go back to the way it was before. We are in in a completely different landscape right now. That's why we need to respond to what God's doing now. So that in the season that he's prepping us for, when we step into that season, we're the most effective uh, 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 manifestation of the body of Christ we can be. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this season. I thank you that you're shaking all that can be shaken. And I want to say, Father, shake everything that can be shaken in my life so that all that remains are the things that you ordain. And I pray that for people watching right now who really desire (laughs) to carry greater dimensions of your presence and your glory. Lord, would you shake everything that can be shaken in our lives? We come to the threshing floor, it's uncomfortable. You're exposing the insecurities, the vulnerabilities in our hearts. We're saying, Father, expose them so that you can bring your order in this areas, Father. We welcome the order of heaven, God. We don't want to be aligned with the wrong wineskin in this hour. We want the new wineskin, because we know you have a new wine prepared for us in this hour. So, Lord, we embrace what you're doing in this season. And I want to pray for some of you that have been offended at God, have been upset with God, maybe you've not really realized what God is doing. Again, I'm not saying God sends coronavirus, but I believe God is using it. And I want to pray for you right now. If if you've been feeling that offense and disappointment, Father, we come before you right now with disappointments where we have seen things the wrong way. Lord, I'm asking that our eyes will be lifted up to the heels right now where our help comes from, that we will begin to see things from your perspective. Father, where we have believed the narrative of the world, where we have bought into the narrative of the flesh, the narrative of even demonic spirits. Right now, Father, we break our agreement with the wrong narrative, and we agree with the narrative of heaven. Even if it offends our flesh, we say yes to what you're doing in this season, because all we want, is what you are doing in this hour. We agree with heaven. Say, so have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Prayer Storm Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's edition. For more information and teaching, and if you'd like to get connected, please visit www.pressedon.org.